0: Hey, qué pasó gente? It's uh, Steve Garcia, and you're tuned into another episode of Chocast, also known as the Chicano Podcast. Um, it is Wednesday, and um, the final count to yesterday's delegate. Uh, race primary, whatever, um, is still being counted. Um, it's still pretty close race right now. We have uh, Bernie Sanders almost at 700, uh, Joe Biden a little over 800. They got to get to 2000. All the results are still not in. There's one state uh, that still has a third or 40% uh, to count. As far as not reporting, and um, I mean, we're there. Um, I cannot believe that Joe Biden is doing as well as he's doing. Um, as far as like being realistic, uh, I can, being in the world that we live in, um, you know, our voters are definitely led by the media and a scarcity that the media puts inside uh the fear that it puts inside of uh people to not be educated enough to understand that the platform that Bernie stand that Bernie Sanders stands for is the exact same platform that uh FDR uh stood for. Um That leads me to just go on to um, talk a little bit about, you know, hey, we are in a race uh, for the Democratic uh, nomination. The ultimate goal is still to beat Donald Trump. Um, When I talk about the two candidates being uh, different, I have to preface this right now just because it's important. It, it, it's important to me um, and i would hope um, it is important to most intellectual or uh, people that understand what's really at stake here is not just having your party uh, representative of um, the presidency it's 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 bigger than that We so often see um, that, you know, right now, when you look at, let's just say, for example, Trump, he's the perfect example of the establishment. And when I say that, they are an elite top 1% of people that have all the power when it comes to economics. They control the media with that economic equity. They control the banks and the decisions that the oil cartel, big pharma, and the medical industry. All of those guys are a few elite people. And they're all about monopolizing that strength. Let's just stop talking about companies for a second. And let's just talk about monopolizing that strength. That's what they have. They shake hands with each other. They call, talk, meet at Jeppo Island. They meet underground. They have talks underground. They do weird things when they're on islands. You know, I mean, Epstein had all of their phone numbers. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, but they have the resources. They own the stock market. They can manipulate Financial disasters use, in my opinion, bio weapons like the coronavirus at will just to achieve some type of result, some type of panic, some type of aha moment that is sparked by a false narrative or a lie. That's scary to me and in doing this they can get us all wound up because we're living paycheck to paycheck we have nothing to fall back on we have no security a lot of us don't have real estate why because we let them squeeze every single these guys have become surgical When it comes to the voting process, I like that word because they're not just surgical about the voting process, but they're surgical about finance and squeezing every last cent of profit out of the job cost, of the job itself, of the labor of the materials, the products that they make, the services that they provide, the commodities that they trade, they know exactly what it's gonna cost them before it gets into the hand of the consumer. And here you are, here I am, busting our ass to do it for that defined amount. Comes down to an hourly wage, comes down to a salary, comes down to some financial equation. and they continually mark profit after profit after record profit after record profit. And then we wonder why the government has to bail them out. We wonder why there are things called subsidies. I am not the smartest guy in the world, okay? I'm just pointing out some things that you already know, but I'm just putting them into a perspective or into a narrative that you can see the chain of events that happens when the Republicans are in the house. They continue to drive up those commodities. We all know what a a gallon of gas should cost or a barrel of oil, but one moment It's $5. One year, it's $2. The next year, you're seeing it even go up to like $6, $7, $8, I think. um, At some crazy points in time uh, in certain parts of the country. It's ridiculous. The coronavirus hitting during election time. I don't know, man, the media getting sued by the president, the media getting sued, period, shouldn't be happening. The media is a strong instrument. At least they got that part right. But it's not an instrument of the people. And for anybody that's listening, um, do you know this? that I, I, I encourage anybody to do what I'm doing because I'm not, I'm not paid by um, any uh, company to uh, have an opinion. Hey, I'm just a Chicano. I'm a average citizen. Maybe with a cultural background that, you know, It's different from a lot of people in America, but I know that my audience is primarily Chicano. so you know what? This is for you guys uh, to understand that, you know, we can all do this. We just all have to, you know, put our mind to it and then get other people inspired uh, to look into this, like our children, uh, because we need to become mobilized um, as a weapon against these guys because they have, they have threatened us as a people. They've, they've threatened our democracy. They've threatened us, um, when we get pulled over in Arizona just for the way that we look, when we can't say, uh, or have the ability to hear certain things. Those are our first amendment rights. The freedom of speech. And we don't have a voice in this country. Hell, we don't have a a, a vote really in this country, in my opinion, uh, with the amount of voter suppression uh, that's going on, especially in Texas, um, that's going on in California, that I just put in um, to a uh, part that's uh, wrapped up into this particular episode, if you haven't already heard it. them not counting votes. I think uh even in Texas or in Dallas County, they found that there were seven thousand votes. Um, they say that it doesn't really matter, but they said they found seven thousand votes that weren't even counted um in the primary. And um they said, you know, why did it happen? And um I just read this yesterday, which was the uh Tuesday, the ninth, I believe. Um, They just didn't count them. They didn't know at the end of the night that they were uh, still uh, in the um, machines. They were on some thumb drives or somehow they didn't get counted. But this is an absolute fact um, that, you know, we have uh, more Republicans, uh, you know, here in the state of Texas, uh, you know, that run um, that run that run Texas. when it comes to our members of uh, Congress. And, you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a 51% state. Um, I've said that before, but, you know, it, it at some point is going to become blue and it should be blue at this point. And I hope that that time comes soon. But, you know, the longer the Trump or the Republicans are in office, the longer they have to appoint other like-minded um congress people um, and that's 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 an issue that lasts after uh the presidency um, but what 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 i wanted to uh move on to is um basically the platform that a lot of people um, are so scared of um, when it comes to uh, Bernie Sanders and what he is suggesting as a resolution to the problems that we're facing right now is um, helping people not helping the rich, taxing the rich, taxing the people at the very, very top. Get into perspective, okay? 22 trillion dollars, one-tenth of the top 1%, almost own 90% of the country. Those people alone could pay for everything and still profit and still be billionaires still be millionaires. You know, they've gotten... they've gotten wealthy off selling us products and services. At that extreme amount of wealth, they don't need anything. But the government should have regulations, should have rules, and should have infrastructures that does take care of the roads... That does take care of social security. That does take care of medical outbreaks. Like if something happened to 320 million or 330 million Americans as a plague or a pandemic, what does the country do if over a third can't even? go to the hospital or half because 80 million people don't even have health coverage. You know, what happens in something like What happens in a case like that when you have these uh, big, big corporations um, working us paycheck to paycheck, getting all these profits, not paying taxes and not doing anything uh, to uh, help the infrastructure or education? We have a lot of people that we could turn into doctors. We have a lot of people that we could turn into engineers. And by saying that you don't believe that we could turn uh, African Americans or uh, indigenous Chicanos, Mexicanos, uh, Latinos, whatever you want to call us, into viable citizens is selfish in, on my part. And that's kind of what I think that I really see um, as an issue is, you know, the country is so divisive. That, you know, we're saying, hey, yeah, you know, we'll give all this money to all these banks as a bailout. But if you went to college and you have debt, fuck you. You know, like what what, what kind of logical thinking is that? You know, like the amount of debt that's out there that's inhibiting uh, students from, you know, getting into professions or, uh, you know, buying a house or, um, you know, education, in my opinion... Only helps the country in the long run. You have to be looking at this as a uh, process of almost retooling. Right now, the country's going downhill because we're not putting any investments into our education, into our healthcare system that's broken, into our old people that are dying without medical health coverage, with our people. That are one out of three almost, one out of four without insurance, without health coverage. Half of the African Americans right now, I think, live in poverty. All Native Americans, pretty much, the bulk of live in poverty a huge percentage of indigenous people live in poverty and all you really have to do to these people even the low class or the low uh, poor uh, disenfranchised whatever you want to call them but the poor whites as well there's a big population that's white and it's poor and my point by bringing up all of those people is by saying that if you give all of those children the proper education, they can come out of that 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 that, um, that situation. Give them a way out. Don't make them go to fucking war just to go to college. That's that's so much fucking bullshit right there. Um, You know, war after war after war after war after war after war. We spend all this money on these uh, fucking war machines. You know, that's not how you grow an economy. That's how you create uh, industry for the rich. Like the um, prison industrial complex is pretty much parallel to the military industrial complex. You're hurting people to make money. All these little kids in cages. I don't know what your views are on that particular issue, but America is divided. America thinks that by letting a bunch of poor people in, a bunch of poor people that want to work for you, that want to do construction, build your houses, build your roads, clean your toilet bowls, make your food, be your slaves... Those guys want to come over here and live the American dream too. But I think that so many people have it twisted and they sit there and say, no, I can tell you, no, it's like, you're giving them the ability. You're giving, uh, people with small minds like that to make the decision on whether somebody can or can't have a good life. And, and, and when I say, don't get it twisted, you're, 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 You're looking at these people and you're asking them, well, why not? And the common narrative is they think that those poor people are going to come over here and disrupt (laughs) the country. They're going to somehow take over the country or they're going to do crime uh, beyond... Recognition to the country. Like if they're brilliant masterminds. Or planning some kind of. I don't know. Program that's going to hijack the whole country. Poor people are going to be able to. Come up with this devious plan. To just wreck the country. That's, that's so. That's just, that's such a stupid idea. Um, you know, that's almost as stupid as saying that the wall could stop people from getting across the border. (laughs) You can't do it that way. You know, you can't do it that way. I mean, all the, all the technology that we have in the world, you know, putting up something like that would be cost prohibitive, cost prohibitive. And um, very expensive when you can institutionalize uh, other means in the technology age that we live in uh, to stop more uh, people from, I guess, crossing a border or making it uh, to where they don't want to leave their country. Uh, stop stealing from their country, you know? We're the country that has all the uh, demand of drugs you know there wouldn't be a cocaine uh, issue if so many people in America didn't want cocaine hey I'm not telling you anything you don't already know whatever drugs are out there that are wanting uh, to be uh, used uh, that's really the um, driving force uh, behind drug dealers drug dealers wouldn't be around if they didn't have anybody to sell to And um, those people wouldn't even be drug dealers if you weren't um, taking over all their indigenous lands and uh, putting um, oil in their water and their fisheries and their uh, farming uh, areas. And, uh, you know, uh, a, a lot of those are the same thing that happened here. You know, we're driving people off their lands and we're not giving them anything and they don't have anywhere to go. And now you're saying that you don't even like them there, you know, Americans are complaining or what is it? Americans take over half of Mexico and complain there's too many Mexicans. I think I saw that as a meme and I thought it was funny as hell. It showed a picture of uh, half of the territory of Mexico gone. And then when they move in, they say there's too many Mexicans. You know, when you look at things like uh, treaties uh, that were broken and you look at, you know, you have to sit there and not be dismissive. Because I found that with so many people, especially when you're dealing uh, with um, people that aren't Chicano, they're very dismissive like in a snobby way. Um, And that's why I almost um, don't even want to... um, Try anymore to have, uh, dialogue or, uh, treaties anymore because I think that, you know, yeah, in your face they'll fucking shake your hand and say that, you know, they have Mexican friends and all this stuff, you know, but behind your back they're, you know, like laughing you off, like, you know, yeah, I'm gonna find a way to, you know, not do anything for them or not really be epithetic or, um, you know, find a way uh, to use that new information to plot against you, you know, and, um, when I say that, I mean that, you know, when we're, when we're building alliances, you know, we need to build them together and we need to stop selling out each other. Um, we need to, uh, you know, become our own voting block. Um, I feel like that's something that, you know, we could, uh, coalesce Uh, You know, with African-Americans as well, at some point, I think uh, for right now, um, African-Americans should do the same thing. Let everyone see that we are in the tens of millions. Create a black voting block, create an indigenous Chicano voting block, have those two voting blocks. appear, hold some weight, get some equity, and, um, at some point coalesce together, but still be able to, um, make our own, uh, decisions, united, but like in two different states, you know, the black voting bloc, the indigenous voting block, and then We really need to come together to become like a superpower uh, because nobody's uh, listening to us or uh, the voting world or the politicians or the super wealthy because they've consolidated their power. And I feel that because they've consolidated their power, um, we should do the same thing at every moment, at every instance, at every single opportunity that we get. We should consolidate our power. This rugged individualism is uh, something that, you know, it's cool. Uh, Like in my last episode where, you know, we're kind of trained to want to be individual. We want to buy this. We want to buy that. We want to be like everybody uh, when it comes to uh, being marketed to. Like the media. Buying shit on TV. Or the news or whatever. When it comes to giving back to the community. Or being like your community. You don't want to have nothing to do uh, with that. And I think that's where we really need to open our eyes. And look at the uh, cultures. uh, That are actually doing well in America. Look at um, the Asian culture. Look at the Indian culture. They stick together. Um, They have little shopping centers where, you know, they kind of spend their money internally. And that dollar is spent three, four, five, six, seven, eight times uh, within the community before it goes back out uh, to the public, if you will. Everybody helps everybody. But I don't think that we do that as... um, Chicano's indigenous Native Americans. We, you know, we don't do that. We get money and we go and spend it at their stores, at their businesses. And these are businesses that are not in our best interest. Um, I did an episode on uh, Home Depot. Um, they support Trump. You know, I think McDonald's supports Trump. There's a lot of companies that you can look up that support ideas that are not parallel to, uh, you know, our beliefs. And that's the consolidating of power. They spend their money on their candidate. Why don't we do the same thing? Why don't we have these conversations? Why are we so poorly educated? Those wealthy those people do not want us getting this education. Just like back in the day when um, they had the cotton um, boom, these plantations made it illegal to teach their property. Their workers, the slaves, how to read. They did not want them getting educated. And if you think for one moment that this educational system is not set up for failure, then look at it again. They run everything. And so when I talk a lot about the establishment, I'm talking more along the lines of I think what Bernie Sanders actually made visual. He made it a movement. And we need to continue that. Whether he wins, whether he loses. I'm for him 100%. You need to open your eyes. You need to take a second look at Bernie Sanders. Especially if you haven't voted for the nominee. um, You know, for him to get in there against Trump. We need to get somebody that's willing to not be for the... Because Joe Biden is a poster boy. He is the... Epitome, the poster boy of he will do, he will lick every single boot he has to. He will, if they tell him to jump, he will say how high. Research it, look into his past, look into his history, look at the way he's lied, look at everything about his track record, how many times this is his third bid at presidency. They say that uh, he's uh, starting to, um, you know, have dwindling mental capacity. I don't doubt that. He doesn't seem that sharp. If uh, Bernie Sanders and um, Joe Biden were in a debate, Bernie Sanders will run circles around this fool. He will run circles around this fool. This fool is a fucking idiot. I said it because it's true. That particular point right there, if you put them on a table, both sides, and started asking them questions, Bernie would kill Joe Biden. Joe Biden is clueless. He's a plagiarizer. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. He's like a paid sponsor. He has responses that are memorized, just like he memorized all his plagiarized um, speeches. In my opinion, he's not sincere, he's not real, he's not for the people. I'm not going to elaborate on that. What I did want to talk about is I did want to talk about the second Bill of Rights. I did want to talk about the platform that Bernie Sanders stands for. Um, I want to kind of tell you a little bit about Franklin D. Roosevelt announced the plan for a Bill of Social and Economic Rights in the State of the Union Address on January 11th of 1944. The second Bill of Rights was proposed by the United States. FDR during the State of the Union Address on Tuesday 111-44 In his address Roosevelt suggested That the nation had come to Recognize and should now implement a second Bill of Rights. Roosevelt argued The political rights guaranteed by the Constitution And the Bill of Rights had proved inadequate To assure the equality and the pursuit of happiness His remedy was to declare An economic Bill of Rights to guarantee these Specific rights Number one, the employment right to work, food, clothing, and leisure with enough income to support them. Farmers' rights to a fair income, freedom from unfair competition and monopolies, housing. So, Talking about the um, second Bill of Rights, you know, the, the, the things that we're talking about here are basically the things that, again, Bernie Sanders is basically preaching, and um, you know, we left off on housing, uh, medical care. Social security, education. So, again, to recap, I mean, Bernie Sanders is always uh, talking about education, social security, medical care, universal, housing, monopolizing, the oligarchy, the unfair competition that we have with these big pharma oil cartel, businesses, you know, Um, and then the farmers, you know, they have rights to a fair income and uh, employment, you know, Uh, the standard uh, wage right now, uh, they're wanting to increase that to $15 an hour, and that's what it says, you know, having enough income for people to be able to support themselves. Uh, You know, we're shipping all these jobs um, overseas. Uh, You know, these companies are getting rich. And I feel like these companies, you know, being American companies, they do have a duty to pay back the community. They have a duty to uh, make sure that the money... is being here, used in the United States, especially if the millionaires are billionaires. So, you know, we don't have to uh, regulate it to, um, you know, to where they can't make money, but there's got to be obviously some um, regulations on this thing. And um, that's basically, I think, what it all comes down to is just, you know, hey, these guys aren't paying taxes. These guys aren't really helping out. These guys are uh, getting rich, and these guys aren't really doing anything, uh, you know, for the communities um, that are needing it, and these are all just, um, these are all things that, you know, we really need to, um, you know, evaluate, uh, you know, when these guys have the ability to just become billionaires. You know, we're talking about three guys that have acquired so much wealth, just in particular. You know, hundreds of billions of dollars. What what have they given back? You know, they say the let's let, let's talk about let's talk about something else for a second. They say that they're going to help. Um, and I, I think this is bullshit. They, they, I, don't, I don't think that there's one ounce of truth to this. But I think that they say it just to make themselves look good. But they say that they're going to give back all their wealth before they die to some charitable cause. I, personally, think that's bullshit. I think that they're just saying that so they don't seem... So they seem like philanthropists. So they seem like good people. So they seem like you shouldn't attack them. So they seem like you shouldn't tax them. So they seem like, you know, they're not the greedy uh, culprits that they are. Um, you know, we have a lot of people that, um, you know, need clean water, uh, you know, here in the country. Uh, we have a lot of people that need uh, jobs here in the country. We need a lot of people uh, that have educations. A lot of people need that. And um, a lot. it's these kids that suffer, these kids that have... You know, shitty school districts, these kids that live in impoverished communities, these kids that are getting um, poor educations, hell, you can look at some of the um, Native American communities, nobody's ever done anything for them. Not one philanthropist that I know of has said, hey, I'm going to go into a reservation and just drop uh, a brand new uh, medical facility, or I'm going to drop a brand new college, or I'm going to drop a brand new school. Have you ever seen anything like that? I've never heard of anything like that. Or I'm going to start a media company for the poor. This is the establishment and these are the people that you should be worried about because they talk a lot of shit. They say a lot of lies. And that's what politics is. And we have to be prepared for that. And we have to, like I said, build alliances to where other people can share these ideas and get to the bottom of what's really going on with the gross domestic product in the United States. We've got $22 trillion annually, and we've got a huge deficit, and we have huge interest payments on this deficit, and we have a huge amount of issues in our country, and we have an imbalance of our goods and services going across sees. And these same people that are making all that money are now buying up the country when we could have invested that in Americans that could have given back in forms of taxes, in forms of jobs, in forms of infrastructure and helping our people. But again, I think a lot of times we look at the uh, minority communities, and we say, fuck them, leave them in debt, don't help them, they need to pull themselves up by the bootstraps, but yet, they were never given a land base, yet, they were never given um, 100 acres, like, you know, the European settlers that first came on boats, uh, were given and handed down to children amongst children, amongst grandchildren, amongst great-grandchildren. Tons of acres of land that established a land base. That established a bootstrap, if you will. Uh, Subsidies that are for the rich. Subsidies that are for not the minorities, not the blacks, not the African-Americans, not the indigenous. All right. So, um, you know, these rights that, um, you know, we have... Um, have become to known as, you know, economic rights, you know, economic rights. And uh, Roosevelt, you know, was uh, stating that, you know, to have these kind of rights uh, would guarantee uh, American security. The same thing that I'm saying right now. Um, That American uh, security uh, for the United States um, as a place uh, in the world depended uh, upon how, far the rights had been carried into practice. This safety has been described as a state of physical welfare, as well as an economic security, social security, and moral security by the American legal scholar Cass Sunstein. The implementation of these ideals into a global context have been viewed as a continuation of the war effort in which the success of these proposed values within the United States were vital to securing global peace. I just wanted to, uh, read a little excerpt that I found, um, you know, in Wikipedia, just talking about, uh, FDR's vision. Uh, that little excerpt, uh, was basically, uh, like I said, you can find it real, 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 uh, easy. Um, I'm going to go on to read a little bit more because it says in the run-up, to the Second World War. The United States had suffered through the Great Depression following the Wall Street Crash of 1929. Roosevelt's election at the end of 1932 was based on a commitment to reform the economy and society through a New Deal program. The first indication of a commitment to government guarantees of social and economic rights came in an address to the Commonwealth Club on September the 23rd, 1932 during his campaign. The speech was written with Adolph A. Berry, a professor of corporate law at Columbia University. And a key passage uh, read, this is what uh, he wrote. As I see it, the task of government in its relation to business is to assist the development of an economic declaration of rights, an economic constitutional order, and this is the common task of statesmen and businessmen. It is the minimum requirement of a more permanently safe order of things. So he's basically saying that the government does have a relationship in business to make sure that there are certain rights in our economy to maintain a particular order, like an integrity. There should be some type of minimum uh, regulation, or in his word, requirement, to make sure that it's safe, because remember, they had just come off the um, stock market crash and the Great Depression. And Many people say, if you go back to, um, what was it, 14 years ago, uh, the crash of 2006 where we had to bail out all these big banks. A lot of people say that um, if the government had not stepped in and wrote that blank check That allowed them to just basically swindle the whole economy. Steal every last bit of profit uh, from you and me, the taxpayer. That everything would have collapsed. Everything. These were the bankers. These were Wall Street saying that if you don't give us the money... Then basically, we're gonna hijack the market. It's it's like it's like bribery. It's like it's like having a gun to somebody's head saying that I'm gonna shoot. I'm gonna shoot if you don't give me the fucking money. I'm gonna pull the trigger. And we have the ability to do something, like give you. Uh your your uh I don't know, your hostage, your bank, your wife, your kid. Or we're gonna do this. They held the bank hostage, you know what I'm saying? They held the economy hostage. I don't understand how people don't realize it just happened like fourteen years ago. This is very real to people like me you know, because I I saw it. Not only did I see that, but I saw 9-11. These guys, they have the ability to do shit like this, and they do do it. They do it, you know. dabble into Michael Moore a little bit. If you don't really, like, grasp this fully, I mean, he might be a little bit, you know, far with it, but I mean, if you can fundamentally grasp the power of money and absolute evil tyranny through uh, power and corruption. Um, I mean, it's just as simple as lobbying. You know, hey, pass this regulation for me. I'm going to leave a bag of money on your doorstep. Um, I'm going to buy into your super PAC, super donor money campaign, whatever. Give you a million, hundred million, I don't know how much Bloomberg spent, but it was, it was a lot. There's no chump change, man. Uh, but basically this is what's happening, uh, to American politics. And I think that, um, it shouldn't be allowed. I think that there should be regulation. I think that, um, it should be looked at. It should be viewed, um, as something that is really hurting the middle class. Um, it's basically making everybody poor and, um, you know, I'm going to go on to read a little bit more uh, just because this is good stuff, um, even though it's from uh, Wikipedia, but check it out. Throughout Roosevelt's presidency, he returned to the same thing continually over the course of the New Deal, also in the Atlantic Charter, an international commitment that was made as the Allies thought about how to win the peace following the Second World War. The U.S. committed to non-intervention in World War II ending in 1940. One, the Lend-Lease Act and later Pearl Harbor attacks resulted in mobilization of the war state. The generous terms of the act in conjunction with the economic growth of the U.S. were key to, the, uh, to allowing the U.S. to establish a new global order with the Allied powers in the aftermath of the war. And this motivation established a new global order provided the infrastructure uh, for the implementation of the International Standard of Human Rights seen with the Second Bill of Rights and the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Akira Giriye's proposition that the U.S. desired to transform the power war or the post-war Pacific after their own image as representative of the wider desire to raise global standards that of the U.S. feeding into ideals of American exceptionalism. The effect of wider dem- democratization and social reform is divulged upon in Francis Fukuyama's *The End of History and the Last Man*, so Roosevelt had a speech, and I'm gonna go ahead and close with this because uh, this this is Roosevelt's own words. During uh, January 11, 44, a message to the Congress on the State of the Union, he said the following. Check this out. This is Roosevelt. It is our duty now to begin to lay the plans and determine the strategy for the winning of a lasting peace and the establishment of an American standard of living higher than ever before. known. we cannot be content no matter how high that general standard of living may be. And some fraction of our people, whether it be one third or one fifth or one is ill fed, ill clothed, ill housed and insecure This republic had its beginning and grew to its present strength under the protection of certain inalienable political rights among them, the right of free speech, free press, free worship, trial by jury, freedom from unreasonable searches and seizures. They were our rights to life and liberty. As our nation has grown in size and stature, however, as our industrial economy expanded, these political rights proved inadequate to assure us equality in the pursuit of happiness. We have come to a clear realization of the fact that true individual freedom cannot exist without economic security and independent necessitous Men are not free men, People who are hungry and out of a job are the stuff of which dictatorships are made. In our day, these economic truths have become accepted as self-evident. We have accepted, so to speak, a second Bill of Rights under which a new basis of security and prosperity can be established for all, regardless of station, race, or creed. Among these are the right to a useful and remunerative job in or remanerative job in the industries or shops or farms of or mines in the nation, the right to earn enough to provide adequate food and clothing and recreation, the right of every farmer to raise and sell his products at a return which will give him and his family a decent living, the right of every businessman, large and small, to trade in an atmosphere of freedom from unfair competition, domination by monopolies at home or abroad, the right of every family to a decent home, the right to adequate medical care and the opportunity to achieve and enjoy good health, the right to adequate protection, and from the economic fears of old age, sickness, accident, and unemployment, the right to a good education, all of these spell security, and after this war is won, we must be prepared to move forward in the implementation of these rights to goal, to new goals of human happiness and well-being. America's own rightful place in the world depends in large part, part upon how fully these and similar rights have been carried into practice for all of our citizens, for unless there is security here at home, there cannot be lasting peace in the world. I'm going to go ahead and uh, finish with that, okay? Because he said all of these things. Bernie Sanders is saying thing. FDR established the minimum wage. FDR established the 40-hour work week. FDR established um, the age limits on child labor. FDR did a lot of things, and Bernie's just taken that philosophy, that blueprint. And he's implementing it in the year 2020. He's just taking the baton, handed off from FDR. And I'm telling you that the people that are against it are the establishment, the elite, and the people that don't want you to know these things. The people that don't want you to realize that as Americans, there's a lot of money out there. There's a lot of wealth in the country, but they want it all for themselves. There's enough to go around for all those people that are naysayers to even have more if they would just quit fighting with the poor and let the poor have something. You know, let everybody have a house. We don't have to have everybody in a freaking apartment. There's enough land. There's enough resources. There's enough wealth to um, also just look at uh, reevaluating the poor and putting them in jobs that they want, not 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 jobs that they don't want. Who wants to be a clerk at a fucking Safeway? They can put together textiles. They can put together um, clothes. We can do that and still make money here. We don't got to send everything off. To uh, get done for 10 cents an hour by some six year old kid in a factory sweatshop. You know, that's what we are. We're the villains. We're the people that bomb everybody's countries. We're the people that go and steal uh, the sovereignty of other people uh, the way that the world just hates us for putting all these little kids in these little sweatshops, taking all their resources, polluting their water making it to where they want to leave home because now all their kids can do is turn to a life of prostitution or drugs and then we wonder why they don't have an economy or why they don't have the infrastructure the resources we're headed the same direction we're going in the same the same thing that we're doing to other people is going to be done to us the same thing that we do to the native americans the same thing that we do to the African-Americans, the same thing that we do to the poor, the same thing that we do to the um, incarcerated, the same education that we give all the young kids. It's just a cycle, man. It's going to continue to go around and around and around. And I think that Bernie's been in this thing long enough. He's wise enough. He's got enough understanding of politics and he can discern all of these policies to Put it in a way to where he is sincere. And that's why he's making a connection with so many young people. So I'm going to say this and finishing this episode is that even if Bernie doesn't win, and I'm still pulling for him, but even if he doesn't win, he has established a movement in me. And I hope everyone else. That gets involved in this philosophy or understanding of all the suppressed information, all the suppressed knowledge that I'm talking about in this particular episode, because I did put a lot of thought into this um, and I put a little bit of work. um, You know, I I love doing it, but at the same time, I just want to do it so I can have other people understand what I'm understanding that Bernie helped me understand, or this particular movement like AOC or all these other individuals that are saying, wake up, Chicanos, wake up, Indigenous, wake up, Native Americans, wake up, Uh, you know, with anybody that wants to also be a part of this movement, poor whites, African-Americans, Mexican-Americans, Colombians, Chicanos, people that are at the bottom of the spectrum, people they want to disenfranchise, people they don't want to vote, people that they want to stop from getting educated, people they don't want to give clean water to, people they don't want to give education to. All of those things are real issues in the scheme of politics. And they're not going to give them to us unless we fight for them. And the only way that we can fight for them is by making some kind of statement together unified as our weapon of equity in a march like Martin Luther King was only powerful because he had followers he had the integrity of the people he had the unifying words to get people involved voting listening caring mobilizing moving and provoking that thought that want and that need. Hey, I'm done. I appreciate it. Stay tuned for the next episode. And vote, man. Teach everyone, preach to everyone how important it is in leaving a legacy to vote. So spread the word. Vote Bernie Sanders. Vote Blue. Do anything. But vote Trump. (laughs) But definitely vote. (coughs) All right, man. Peace out. Appreciate it. ¿Qué pasó, gente? It's your boy Steve Garcia, a.k.a. Pelon. You're tuned in to another episode of Chocast, also known as the Chicano Podcast. Buenos dias, good morning. Hope everything's going good for you guys out there. Um, I really do. Because we got a lot of things going on in the world right now uh, that could make it they could break it, so let's talk about a couple of things that, um, are actually, uh, in the news, uh, right now, we got the coronavirus for all you, uh, corona fans out there, um, I know that's been a big, uh, joke, uh, lately, I'm not sure, uh, what the final death count on that thing is, but worldwide, um, doesn't really seem, uh, that crazy in comparison to all the, uh, money and attention that's being thrown at that thing, um, you know, a few thousand people have died or something like that, um, we got a pretty big world, I think, uh, what is it now, Seven trillion, eight trillion, nine trillion, something like that. Anyways, um yeah, that that doesn't deserve any merit, but um today um I believe we got some more um some more stuff to find out about how Bernie Sanders is actually going to um you know fare out, fare um into this um political uh, monster we got, uh, going on right now with, uh, the, um, fight against him and now Bernie as being a, um, it's just a duo, man. Uh, these two guys are going at it and, um, you know, I guess that's, uh, pretty cool that we had, you know, some of the people drop out or some of the people not do well. And, um, I think that it goes a lot to say with, um, you know, just pretty much the mind of, uh, the public. You know, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about, um, I think they're pushed by the media, you know, all of these guys that are against, uh, Bernie Sanders. Um, I think it was, um uh, this morning I heard like a clip of, uh, Fox news and, um, they actually brought a good point up. You know, I, I don't, I don't normally listen to any Fox news, uh, but sometimes, you know, passing through YouTube or something on Facebook, um, you know, you know, I'll catch wind of one commentator, uh, that was making a reference towards, um, I think Ben Shapiro, I can't remember the guy's name, but this dude was, uh, basically, you know, dogging, uh, the, uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, you know, socialist movement, uh, quote unquote, as he put it, and, they were talking about the voters. And I think, I think a lot of people, um, and this is, this is really, um, something that's becoming more and more evident. Um, now that I'm starting to understand the, the voter a little bit, uh, more clearly identifying, um, the, the, the Bernie Sanders, Voter as a particular demographic, and I think, I think, um, and this is you know, me being a statistician as well, so it's not just a, a, a shot in the dark, uh, kind of thought process with me. I don't think, um, I think a lot of these commentaries, especially from Fox News, um, are opinions that the general public hold, and I've been, I've been doing a lot of research, understanding that, you know, with this voter suppression, um, this real deal threat to democracy, um, voter suppression is basically the new, um, how would you say it? It's like the new, um, weapon. I'm going to say weapon. Uh, Because that's come into my mind before um, that they have against us. And the more and more and more time that you put into politics and understanding and listening to these guys. uh, Now, you have to be of pretty good judgment. Um, You know, there's a lot of discernment, like a lot of uh, code words, a lot of um, triggered uh, responses that, you know, you're going to have to pass off as just being, you know, mierda, but serio, um, after understanding the way people move, think, talk, walk, shock, you know, uh, you know, shake and bake, whatever you want to, uh, call it, these guys have a certain, um, vernacular, they have a certain, uh, demeanor, they have a certain, uh, posture, And there's certain things that they say that are dismissive and there's certain things that you should uh, key in on. But I think that California and Texas, like I said before, are super voter suppressed. I think the whole Southwest is one of those um, challenges that they're putting off right now. They're trying to figure out how they're going to manage those particular states and they're going to come up with something That is, in my opinion, going to be undemocratic. They're going to continue to surgically. That's the word. That's the verb. That's the um, action that um, I really like. They are surgically fine tuning the way that they. Dismiss. Hundreds of thousands. Millions of votes millions of votes are not being counted because of the election process because of the electoral process because of gerrymandering because of voter suppression Because of rules. Because of polls. You know. I've already said it time and time again. um, That here in Texas. Because I mean. I live in a state. Where in the last few years. uh, Nine, eight years. They've closed 750 polling locations. And we've grown. In the millions. You know. It does not take. A rocket scientist to Google how many residents we've added in the last 10 years and then how many polling locations that we've closed in the last 10 years. And it's ridiculous. And it's ridiculous that somebody would have to wait in line to cast a ballot seven, eight hours, nine hours. It is ridiculous. So um, it is an assault. It is a weapon. Um, they are uh, fine tuning uh, this uh, surgical uh, way to not count certain people. And if you don't think for one moment they're not targeting minorities, They're not targeting the poor. They're not targeting the uneducated. Then you, my friend, I feel. Need to either wake up, stop drinking the Kool-Aid or. Crack a book, man, just get on the Internet and Google. Voter suppression and look how many articles are going to pop up, read them try to disseminate this information from what is fact, what is fiction, and then look at some of the videos and look at some of the proponents, uh, for and against. And you'll see that a lot of the people that are against it, a lot of people that are for it, you'll start to question their intentions and question, you know, their motives. And, um, you'll, you'll, you'll see, who's with the establishment, who's not with the establishment, and um, who feels like, you know, they're going to tell you specifically, uh, you know, what's involved um, as far as the details. Um, the only reason that I'm bringing this in is because um, I'm going to make it a segue to the next, um, the, the, the that article uh, that was in Fox News, I, I wish I could remember the guy's name, uh, but he did say this. He said, you know what? They just need to go out and make their own party. And recently, um, I've been hearing a lot of uh, a lot of animosity towards people that uh, do vote independent and um, they are trying to categorize people that are independent voters. So this is people that are independent voters. I think that you should, um, you know, take this into consideration. Um, They look at y'all as a way to cut y'all out of the mix. Um, That's truly what they do. They sit there and say, "Okay, so you don't want to be a part of the process. So, you know, you're just we're not going to we're not going to counter vote. They send you these cards. You don't even have presidential uh, candidates on them. You got to jump through hoops now that if you do want to vote Democratic for Bernie Sanders because you believe in him, um, they're going to make that real hard on you. You know, so you got to you got to think. About what you're doing, um, you know, you you can you can you can be independent all you want, but to them, sometimes I think that you have to, you know, be a little Machiavellian. You know, it's like politics is a big, uh, it's a big, it's a big lie. It's a big scam. It's a big wool uh, over the public uh, to get certain people uh, to vote and exclude certain people to from voting. Um, and uh, the more and more research you, um, they put it in different words. They don't quite say it like that, uh, but they basically say that they're in a snobby way. They're the ones that are gifted um, enough to rule uh, the uh, country because the man is so uh, dumb and stupid that you know he can't make decisions for himself. And once you start to dissect like the real meanings of like what they're saying. Um, That is truly what, I mean, I come up with uh, when they say basically that you need the electoral college or, you know, people are just too stupid uh, to have a popular vote because everybody um, is basically going to outnumber the uh, rich, wealthy, and smart people that should be ruling. And that's the way they feel. So that's why the process is the way that's probably But this guy. Let me get back to what I was going to say. This guy I was saying that, um, you know, uh, he was trashing on the independents. You know, hey, you know what? If they want their own party, man, they should just go ahead and get their own party. Uh, You know, Bernie Sanders is just leeching off the Democrats, yada, yada, yada. And, um, you know, he's just, uh, you know, using our name uh, to basically, you know, come up with his own party and he should make his own party. I thought about that for a second and I've been it's cool that he said that. Because I've been thinking about that for, um, like a good month or two now, um, how I am, um, seeing that there's a great shift of apathy towards not just me, but a, the, the whole fucking country, um, feels like that, you know, uh, the vote don't count. You know, like the the way they make it sound is like, you know, like it's one dude that's a fucking socialist or that he's just a piece of shit because he doesn't think like everybody else. That's basically that the, these narratives that you hear on in their in their it's like they're targeting um, they're, they're, they're targeting California. They're targeting uh, the Mexicans. They're targeting the Chicanos. They're targeting the the Chicano vote. In my opinion, that's how it sounds. They think that we're growing. We're stupid. We need to be protected. So they need to close the borders uh, from the country. Um, And I believe it. I really do. I, I believe that, you know, until we get in there and show them that we are a viable source of intellect But at the same time, you can't be talking to us like that no more. You can't be locking up our kids no more. You can't be treating humans like they're just some sacks of shit. And that's what these fucking politicians do. And that's the only reason I feel that I need to be in politics or you need to be involved in the political aspect of speaking politics. You know, we don't got to be congressman or we don't got to be, uh, you know, uh, the mayor or anything like that, you know, but having these conversations and grouping people together and at least getting each other to think about what's going on in this political spectrum, that is politics, because we are on the forefront. We are the one casting the ballots and we aren't doing it. We're not, we're not, we're not doing it. And I do believe that we can get each other to do it. Um, And that's what it's going to take. It's going to take people that listen to a show like this or people that come up with their own show like this, to get other people involved that are really going to make the difference because um, at some level there is a cutoff on what people will do. And maybe they'll listen and understand and realize the importance of it but they're not maybe going to be speakers, but they are going to cast their vote. And that's all we need for them to do. Um, and if they want us to make our own independent party, what I've been noticing, and I'm not saying that, um, you know, Hey, I agree with the guy. I'm not, I'm just saying food for thought that if they do fuck Bernie, um, because they were saying some kind of, um, they're filing uh, uh, 66, I don't know what kind of, uh, I don't know what kind of fucking algorithm that is, or what kind of code word that is, or what kind of phrase or jargon type, uh, meaning, um, code 66, or they're coalescing, um, the, the 66 strategy, I I don't know what that means, but I think that it basically, um, is a way um, for them to say that, you know, everybody's going to knock out Bernie Sanders uh, from the Democratic Party. They're going to block him. They're going to stop him. They're going to make sure that he doesn't get the nomination one way or the other. I do. I do think that's what um, they're saying. And if that's the case, I think that it's, it's, it's good that um, Bernie has opened our eyes into seeing that um this might be what we have to do. It's not that we wanted to do it. It's not that, um, you know, we are so different. Because when you look at the platform of um, FDR and you look at the platform of Bernie Sanders and you look at the platform of many people, um, including presidents in the past, uh, but Franklin uh, D. Roosevelt is basically the framework or the blueprint. I say this all the time. It's because I don't know who's coming in and who's not. And who may um, be subject to all the uh, Fox News programming or all the bullshit that's out there. That paints him as a a communist, which is not a socialist. And a socialist, which is not a democratic socialist. You know, it's like, I, you know, you got to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Because these guys just want to hear buzzwords. And these guys just want to hear you know, the, headlines a lot of times and politics does not play that way. If you, um, let your political mind be guided by headliners, man, you're so far deep in the woods that, you know, you're never going to get out. Um, so yeah, I think that's pretty much, uh, the idea That I wanted to talk about, you know, in this particular uh, segment, uh, because I'm going to start doing a few segments and putting them out uh, just to see, uh, you know, how that works out. But, um, you know, whether he doesn't win, um, I think that's going to inspire me uh, more uh, to become an independent voter, because if they keep on giving us the same old Democratic trash uh, that we have had in the past, um, the party is not worth anything. Um, If they continue to give us people like Joe Sleepy Joe Biden. Um, who apparently has a uh, mental, um, is in mental decline um, as of right now. That's why they're calling him Sleepy Joe, or he's acquired that nickname. Um, that's something that, you know, we need to be, um, and everybody else from Pete Buttigieg and, um, I mean, Elizabeth Warren would have probably been, you know, the only one that I probably would have picked, but she would have been somebody that I picked second or third, uh, about second or third, you know, like second behind Bernie, you know, and it, it, it's not, it's, it's not what I wanted. You know, I want Bernie, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I feel, uh, I feel there's a very strong difference between those two candidates and I would love to see, um, a woman in the white house. Unfortunately, I think we're going to have to wait until, um, Cortez, uh, you know, steps up to that plate. Uh, because I think she's gonna she she's gonna run one day, and I'd love to see that. Um, what else? Yeah, yeah. That that's the only thing that I'm in fear of is just thinking that they're gonna block Bernie, and that um, you know, hey, this might be the time. And when I say uh, you know our, our own independent party, hey, I'm talking about Chicanos, man. I really am. I'm talking about the Chicano voting block being its own party. And, um, to all my brothers and sisters, uh, that, uh, want to join that movement. Cool. Let's do it. Um, but I feel like, you know, in all fairness, uh, because, you know, we're two different people, um, you know, they may want to, you know, uh, have, their own voting block, which would be very strong and it might actually uh, grab more momentum on its own, just isolating, uh, you know, the black voting block, the the African-American voting voting block. That way, in the end, uh, we can come together and uh, use our votes um, by basically having uh, peace talks amongst each other and saying, hey, this is the plan, this is what we should do. Um, And I believe that the poor whites will somehow um, either jump on one of those bandwagons or um, have their own uh, independent party that's already going um, as it is, or they'll just be in the Democratic ticket and, uh, you know, choose to sway over uh, to give, uh, you know, the two of us if we get together. I think that these are all things that are just things that I'm thinking about. But um, we do need to start implementing that. We do need to start. um, I mean, if our vote don't count. Then hell, at least show uh, the country that that's how many votes we got. And that's the way that we're going to vote, you know, and if you want them, then maybe we can jump on your Democratic ticket, but you better have ideals um, that look Similar to the structure of Bernie Sanders and what the country is doing for certain people and not others. You know, when you're talking about 80 million people without health care, when you're talking about, you know, 50% of uh, the United States population, uh, you know, making so little money, Um, it's, it's under a trillion dollars, it's under 750 billion dollars, you know, it's, 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 um that's total, Um, all I can do is just think of the numbers, you know, the top one-tenth percent of one percent owns almost 90% of the wealth in the country. These guys are not paying taxes. You know, all the poor people are paying taxes. Three guys own more or the same as all those people that I just told you a minute ago in the bottom half of the U.S. You know, there's a lot of eye opening things that Bernie has done. And I feel like um, that's why we need to be looking at breaking off um, as a Chicano group, because they're already dismissing and discounting us. Um, They don't want to come to uh, Texas and Texas should be a blue state, and it's not, and there are things that are uh, suppressing the vote, and um, this has got to stop, 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 and um, if I got to make more and more shows to make it more and more um, apparent uh, to people as a problematic uh, situation Um, or as a threat to uh, democracy for every United States citizen Uh, because if one person is disenfranchised or one group of the country is disenfranchised then everybody is disenfranchised or everybody is in the threat of having that done to them you know um, they're not gonna stop. I mean, they, they. I think. I. I think that. You know, when you look at the disparity of uh, African Americans, and you look at the uh, poverty levels of African Americans, and that's clearly um, a strong sign of, uh, people being taken advantage of. And if they're going to take advantage of African-Americans, obviously they're going to take advantage of, um, Chicanos or Mexicanos or indigenous people. And, um, I don't think that, you know, we should be looking at this as a, um, somebody has to lose. I think a lot of Americans, um, have that mentality as well. And this is something that we have to stop. Somebody has to lose for somebody have to, has to win. That is not true. Get that shit out of your head. I don't know who taught you that or if you think like that, but a lot of people do. And um, that's some fucking bullshit. That's that crab mentality. And I know that a lot of people have it because I've seen it with my own eyes. And um, anyways, I'm not going to elaborate much more on this particular thing. It's just... We need to start thinking in blocks. We need to get our own independent party. If Bernie don't win, that's. If Bernie don't win, that's 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 the next move. That's where I'm going to go. Um, as far as thinking frame of mind, um, you know, how do we crack this nut? How do we get in? How do we get recognized? How do we get equality? I don't think Biden can beat Trump. So there you go. You know, whether on one side of the Democratic fence or the other side of the Democratic fence, we're weakening our position by voting with um, Joe Biden, in my opinion. Um, and we're weakening the fight against Trump and um, yeah, if, if, if Trump is the president again, I mean, I already know if, if Joe Biden wins the nomination, then yeah, Trump's going to be the president. But anyways, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, that way I can get to the next episode and um, I'll go ahead and uh, put out three uh, with three different topics and uh, we'll go from there. But hey, thanks for tuning into the uh, episode um, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Orale, que paso gente? your boy Steve Garcia and you're tuned in to another episode of Chocast. Also known as the Chicano Podcast. And, um... Well... I'm gonna go ahead and, um... Jump into this uh, article I wanted to, um... Read. It's got me a little hot. Um... Well, first of all... How y'all been doing out there? Um, I know it's been a little bit of time uh, since I put out my last episode. Um, I've been trying to uh, get some numbers and um, I'm doing well. Um, we got a lot of things to cover though. Um, I'm going to start getting into the full swing of things again. Um, I'm probably going to put out a few different episodes on this uh, particular episode. Um, this is probably going to be uh, one of probably about three uh, that I'm going to put out on this particular um, episode. I'm going to set up probably about like three 20-minute episodes uh, because I want to cover a couple of few different topics, uh, mo- mostly uh, dealing with the elections. Uh, you know where we're at and um, where we need to be at, and um, just a little bit of uh, critical dialogue that uh, you know goes in. To um, these things, but I found this article, and um, man, I can't, I can't stop thinking about it. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, read a little bit about it. Uh, that way, we can kind of talk about it. Uh, but I just found this out. It was just put out today um, by the Guardian, uh, a guy named Greg Palast. Uh, Bernie actually lost 553,000 votes uh, to California's Democratic Party rules. Um, California's arcane and complex voting system is stealing hundreds of thousands of votes from Bernie Sanders. This should be no surprise as to, um, you know, what we're starting to, uh, notice, um, as we become, uh, more politically inclined as a people. I know that you guys are doing that, uh, just by listening to, uh, this particular show. Um, I hope uh, with all of my gut, all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my everything that, um, I can inspire more people, uh, to get politically active, to get politically involved, um, to start talking, uh, to your family, to your friends, uh, to gente about, um, you know, starting these kids out young because the system is set up to where they're real sneaky and they're real, uh, shitty about the way that they do, uh, this voting process and keeping it real low key stealth, uh, you know, kind of like not in the, uh, limelight of, uh, little, uh, people, uh, like us, um, the Chicanos, they definitely don't want us to become a, uh, political, uh, voice or a force and, um, It's becoming more and more evident. There's a lot of uh, videos out uh, right now. There's a lot of articles out right now, especially, uh, you know, when you even venture off into, uh, you know, the black or the African-Americans talking about their struggle uh, to vote and um, the history of America, how it was illegal, how you could get... um, all, all the different types of impedances, uh, the things that would stop them, inhibit them, impede them, block them, kill them from voting. Um, There's so many different uh, things in America's uh, past. And this is why this is this should be a testament uh, to all you young uh, people out there to why uh, voting is is special, why it is important. We could not vote at some point in time as a minority. They would not let us vote as a minority at some point in time. So they don't want you to vote. They want you to be apathetic. They want you to think that it don't count. If you don't think they have the power to put that shit in your head, you have sadly mistaken these people. This political machine is very finely lubricated. I would say without a doubt, if there's any machine in the United States that's well lubricated, and fine-tuned uh to be a uh stealth top secret type of shit that you know yes it's in the public but man they got a way to twist things they got a way to keep things low-key i'm gonna keep on reading this article that way you can just kind of think outside the box uh to like the the, the capacity that these people have and what they do uh, just to keep uh, people like you and people like me and people like our kids from voting. Okay? So, this one, in particular, again, it's talking about California, hundreds of thousands of votes. On March the 9th, in Los Angeles in February Uh, well it came out on March the 9th but they're talking about in February California mailed out 3.7 million ballots that to the astonishment of many who received them excluded the presidential candidates didn't even have them in there these ballots do have candidates for all other primary races including for Congress but not the race for president. Again, this is by the investigative reporter, Greg Palast, produced by... um, Within this mountain of primary ballots, artifacts of California's arcane and complex voting system lies the potential to cripple the campaign of Senator Bernie Sanders, the favorite candidate among independent voters particularly at risk of losing their vote are 18 to 24 year olds and Latin X voters groups that strongly favor Theo Bernie. A quarter of independent voters, more than 1 million people are Latin X. According to the public policy Institute of California, Sanders is expected won the plurality of California's votes, but he could well be shortened out of hundreds of thousands of votes and scores of delegates. How did this happen? Well, Californians, including independent voters, vote overwhelmingly for for Democrats in general elections and 5.3 million golden state voters register NPP or no party preference. These 5 million independents legally have the right to vote in the Democratic primary, but the Democratic party created an inscrutable obstacle course For them to do so, one that amounts to another type of voter suppression. So tell me, why, why would they have a, um, why, 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 why would they have a, um, an obstacle course. You know what I mean? Why do they got to make everything hard? You know, that's the question that you should ask yourself. Why is voting a task? Why is there an obstacle course? Why is it uh, like here in Texas? I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Uh, Seven, eight, nine hour waits just to vote. They shut down 750 voting poll locations over the last eight years. You basically have to take the day off if you want to go you, you want to go out and vote. Why are they making it so hard? Here, they put um, that little thing in there where you know, if you put on their NPP or you didn't have a political party, they did not put a presidential candidate on the list. So now that begins with the postcard. The problem begins with the postcard. Last autumn, all 5 million NPP voters were mailed a postcard allowing them to request a ballot with the Democratic Party presidential choices. However, as many states have learned, postcards with voter information largely look like junk mail and get thrown out. So they they, they, they particularly make it look like junk mail. So you will throw the shit away. They, they want you to. Okay. So remember these things. If the independents don't respond to the postcards, they get a ballot with uh, pr- without presidential choices. So if you throw it away, you just get the ballot with the, uh, without the presidential choice. So they hope you threw it away. They made it look like you would throw it away. And then they basically don't put a presidential choice because you didn't respond. And they basically have a way to say that it's your fault. Okay. So, but they have one more chance to vote for a candidate in the primaries at the ballot box. Okay. So you can go to the ballot box, but you didn't know that until after you got the damn postcard uh, that did not have a presidential uh, 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 elect on it. And you got to be looking for that. And if you're in a hurry, you probably just think you voted and that was it. At the polling station, though things remain confusing, according to rules set by the National Democratic Party and the independent voters have to bring in their NPP ballot to the polling station and request to exchange it for a crossover Democratic ballot that lists the candidates. So you got to bring, you can't just go to the polls. Now you got to bring that paper. If you don't have that paper, you can't do it. And then you got to ask them for an exchange, a crossover Democratic ballot that lists the candidates. Okay. So however, if the voter fails to ask for the crossover ballot by its specific name, the poll worker is barred <laughs> from just suggesting it and they will not receive it. They will you you won't. Re- so you got it. You got to call it by a specific name. If you don't, the worker can't help you Can get that. Just think about that for a second. The worker knows what, what what's going on, but they can't help you. They can't tell you what to call it. So you have to call it by, you got to have like a code word. You got to have a magic word and you got to know what it is for that person to give you the magic document that will have the presidential name on it. Is that not a, is that not a fucking trip? Hey man, I cannot make this shit up. Jen Abreu, a poll worker, told me about the disaster this created in 2016. If the NPP voter did not specifically ask for a Democratic crossover ballot, they were giving an official NPP ballot, which did not list presidential candidates. There's another way NPP voters may obtain a presidential ballot. Re-register from NPP to Democrat Democrat right at the polling station on election day and thereby get a presidential ballot. However, this same day registration option is little known. Not advertised by the state, and I found not a single sign at the four voting centers I visited that mentioned the new option. What's the impact of this labyrinthine ballot dance? Labyrinthine Ballot dance a lot, according to the statistician Paul Mitchell, vice president of Political Data, Inc., a private firm employed by both the Republican and Democratic parties. Mitchell recently completed a poll of 700 independent voters and found that while 61% wanted to vote in the Democratic Party, nearly half, 45% were clueless about how to get a Democratic ballot. Another third of NPP voters believe that they could not exchange their non-no candidate ballots, though the law says they may. Wow. So he did a poll of 700 people and almost half were clueless about how to exchange their ballots. Mm. And they didn't have no signs to tell you what you were supposed to do. Mm. This year, hundreds of thousands of these voters had already mailed back the NPP. Hold on. Let me, let me, let me take a step back too, because this is talking about California, right? Do they do this kind of thing in Alabama? Do they do this kind of thing? In uh, Oklahoma, do they do this kind of thing? In uh, North Carolina, they don't do this kind of thing over there. This is a thing where they do because they know that Chicanos are strong in California. And earlier, I was telling you a little bit about Texas. Texas is about to become blue. And they know when Texas and California become blue, or Texas becomes blue. It's just like it's right now. I would say it's safe to say that um, two thirds. Um, it, it's 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 Republican ran. It's ran by the Republicans, and I think they have a strong hold on the government. You know, the 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 capital, the state capital, the the, the House of representatives. Um, the senators, the, you know, it's, it's just, we're overwhelmingly Republican and we're 51% black and Chicano or indigenous. Um, so the minority in Texas now is 49% white. So they know they have to keep or suppress our votes And this is what they're doing specifically to Texas and specifically to California. If you don't believe me, if you don't believe me, check it out. This is freedom of speech. This is the First Amendment. We can talk about these kind of things. We can have these conferences. We can set up ways to uh, tell our community what they're doing, how they're trying to stop us from voting. And we need to let other people know that way the apathy is not there. That way our vote counts. That way we know what they're doing. Get involved, get active, do something. Don't do nothing. Don't do nothing. Tell other people. But I'm saying that they they can't stop me from saying what's on here because I didn't know this was going on in California. Anyways, check this out. This year, hundreds of thousands of these voters and already uh, had already mailed back the NPP ballot without presidential candidates because, according to Mitchell's polling, they assumed they had no ability to exchange it. Mitchell's pollsters asked 300 NPP voters whom they vote for if they had obtained the correct ballot, about 26% preferred Sanders, which translate to 553,000 potential lost votes by Mitchell's estimates. Mike Bloomberg, meanwhile, come up with 383,000 votes uh, short. The Democratic National Committee chiefs who created and uphold the rules show little sympathy for the millions of non-Democrats who want to exercise their right to vote in their primary but refuse to register as Democrats and they could be because they could, they will continue to back only establishment candidates. Notably, Joe Biden is endorsed by the California official who directs this tragic comic voting process. The Secretary of State, Alex Padilla, by contrast in Colorado, another vote by Mel State. The Secretary of State simply ignores the DNC, sending every independent voter, both a Republican and Democratic Party primary ballot. Providing an easy way to vote, as they choose. Will Californian voters choose a Democratic candidate, or will the DMC obstacle course bend the outcome? Greg Pallas has investigated vote suppression for 20 years. The Guardian, Rolling Stone, and the BBC News Night. Anyways, um, that that is uh that is the democracy that we have, uh, to play with, uh, right now. And, um, it's in my opinion, a, uh, atrocious, uh, way to, uh, stop, um, the country from being equal, but that's the way the, um, the system looks at the, um, poor. And it is possible uh, to get your vote heard, um, it is possible uh, to make this happen. But I think that, um, and, and, and all in all, um, you know, it's just coming to me right now is it? I think we all need to be a part of groups. We all need to find a way to become, uh, you know, if you don't have the time to read all this stuff, have somebody in the group do it. Have a couple of key figures that are like your, your, um, your, your indigenous chiefs, you know, your chiefs at a powwow and, um, you know, have them be the wise, uh, people of the group giving the information. Um, obviously you want to do your due diligence, but become a part of that group. Find some people that you trust, um, find out what's important to you become active as much as possible. But, you know, um, I think that, uh, you know, it is imperative that, you know, these meetings, um, occur and take place, um, at least, uh, once a month. Um, I would find that, uh, probably even to be not enough, you know, maybe bi-weekly, uh, maybe even weekly. Uh, because if we could get, if we could do this as much as church, man, I'm telling you, we would become, we would become higher class citizens within the matter of one lifetime. I'm serious, man. If we could get everybody on the road and all, everybody, uh, you know, compelled uh, to spend the time to read uh, politics instead of going to uh, football games or basketball games or soccer games or baseball games all that time that you spend uh you know doing that um nonsense that makes you no better of a person you want to be um you want to be tribal let's get down let's, let's let's create our own party or let's at least uh you know, get the party to do what we wanted to do because collectively we can get them to uh, listen to us, but divided, no way. They're never going to listen to us. Um, What I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and wrap this one up and I'm going to go ahead and put this in there as part of three uh, pieces, like I said, and um, I'm going to try to see how that works out because I'm not really uh, content with, uh, leaving, um, you guys without episodes, um, over a week's time. But like right now I still am going to put them out every week. Um, but I'm going to try to give you, um, this last one. I mean, I, I had to, I had to, uh, see how many, uh, listeners, um, yeah, man, it's good. It's good. The, 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 the um, Uh, the podcast is doing well. And um, now that I got that out of the way, um, I just really had to get a count. Um, And um, I'm actually quite enthused. But um, yeah, like I said, if um, I'm going to go ahead and at least do it a week out, I'm going to go ahead and drop a few episodes uh, in there. Things are changing so much every day with this uh, Bernie Sanders and what's going on. Um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this one up. No, uh, come up with another idea, but I'm um, gonna go ahead and uh, bounce on out to the next episode. Peace. Hey, what's up, episode 50 your boy Steve Garcia. I'm also known as Belon, and you're tuned into another episode of Chocast, also known as the Chicano Podcast. And um, well let's just talk about the um events that just played out um it looks like uh bernie sanders is uh you know on a very fast uh decline uh to um you know increasing his chances of uh winning the nomination um not going to say that uh i am not disappointed uh because i'm very uh, disappointed however Um, let's just talk about, um, you know, some things, um, that are probably, uh, going to end up, uh, resulting, um, in play, um, as of this particular happenstance, time period and occurrences, you know, I'm a new podcaster. Um, I haven't been on the, um, I haven't been on the scene for long. I haven't been, um, on the block for very long. Um, however, I'm really starting to become more engaged and more proliferate in the, uh, outreach of not only, you know, my inhibitions, uh, but also my knowledge, um, you know, I'm able to, uh, learn once you dive into this thing. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I, 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 I always, uh, hated, uh, politics, uh, in my youth. I think inherently uh we all know exactly what uh politics is and we just don't want to fuck with it. Uh we don't want to um we don't want to we, we don't we don't we don't want to involve ourselves and all the um, all the bullshit that it really is, uh, because it is a lot of bullshit. And um, I think the more you find out about it, um, the more you understand. Not only the implications, but how it is a challenging uh, ordeal. I think that it's 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 made to be that way. It's made to block uh, people, especially the youth, um, especially the busy, especially the um, lower class uh, non-educated or people that just don't have the money, um, at stake, um, you know, a lot of people that have money have more at stake, and I think that's why it's, it is, it is a rich man's, uh, game, it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like chess, And, um, you know, you have to, you have to learn the rules you have to learn all the complications that are involved in doing it. So, you know, for people that haven't listened, uh, you know, much, uh, to this particular podcast, man, I'm going to try to keep it as fresh as I can for you. Um, you know, I believe that, you know, we really do got to get started early, um, especially as, uh, you know, Chicanos. Um, It's becoming more and more evident that this uh, beast of ours is uh, starting to become uh, aroused. Um, We're starting to be awakened. And um, we, as you well know, are becoming a central issue uh, in the country as far as demographics. Um, This has nothing to do with fear. Um, It has more to deal with Loss of control and power. These rich guys, they know. They know um, we have a growing population and um, they're going to start putting uh, more and more rules, restrictions, and denials of our constitutional. Values, rights, privileges, whatever you want to call them, they are trying to change every facet of the uh, process of equality as much as possible. And um, if you don't believe that, listen to more of um, politics. It doesn't have to be mine. Um, You know, you can go and uh, check out other uh, podcasters. I think um, Michael Moore. Uh, just put up one. Um, I don't know how many more of them are out there that actually get, uh, you know, political in a uh, way that would be suitable uh, for, I think, you know, me or somebody like me or somebody that is Chicano or somebody that is going to identify or reflect, uh, Chicano values. And, um, you know, that's particularly, uh, you know, why I'm here, uh, you know, today, yesterday, and I'm going to be here, uh, tomorrow. I can promise you that, um, we do have issues. Um, you know, we have a lot of issues and they're just not being addressed, it's like we're the invisible uh, culture. We're the invisible people. You know, our our uh, our voting block is bigger um, than any other minority out there. Yet nobody ever talks about our uh, power or our control or our voting uh, demographic. They don't want to. Um, they want to dismiss. The um, Texas vote—that's a big example. Um, they want to dismiss the California vote—that's a big example. Um, you can look at you know any state that you want to in the Southwest, and um, those two are the biggest. You know, and we're talking about you know. Upwards of almost 60 million people, with uh, the majority uh, being us, you're talking about over 30 million people just in those two states alone, more or less. More, really. And um, that scares them. And, um, I think that, that should be an indicator. That should be a sign, uh, for whoever's listening, uh, you know, in Colorado, for whoever's listening in Arizona, for whoever's listening in New Mexico, for whoever's listening in Washington state, you know, cities like Chicago, um, obviously Texas and California, even New York, city, Uh, you know, we have a lot of cities that are getting more and more and more people. And it's easy now. Everything's online. We can build a coalition and we don't need nobody. That's one of the main things I wanted to bring up on this particular subject. Um, This is going to be part three. I may even put part four in just as a something to listen to, Um, but yeah, I was talking about in one of the other uh, episodes how, you know, we do need a coalition, yes, that's true, Uh, we do need um, to hold hands and unite uh, with other groups, Um, yes, I, I still agree with that. But we need to do our own thing and I need to refocus I need to, uh, set particular, uh, plans in, in, in motion. Kind of like when you have a vision or you have a, um, a desire or you have something that you really want bad, you know, and it's, this is a, this, this is just a, you know, let me just stop talking about politics for a second, man. If there's something out there that you really want. You really, really want it, dwell on it, think about it, take a picture of it or cut a picture of it out of a, uh, print a picture, Um, go to the Kinko's and print something off if you don't have a printer that can make a high resolution picture, but digitize that picture, man, and put that picture up in your house. Put that picture in your car. Put that picture in your your um, your desk. And think about that picture. Think about how you can get there. Every day when you wake up and you look at that picture, it'll be a constant reminder of like what you want to do, what you have a goal for, you know, what you have established. You know, write it down. You know, I want, I want this. I mean, if it be materialistic, I guess, you know, that's what your goal is. That's what you really want. Your house. If you really want a house, you know, or if you want to become a uh, teacher or if you want to become a uh, student at a university, uh, put that picture Somewhere where it it, it it serves as a uh, reminder um, of what you want, and I think that you know, as people, you and me, we're the same, you know, and that's that's what's cool about you know me uh, talking to other uh, Chicanos because I. I mean, I know that some of my listeners may not be, uh, you know, from our background or whatever, and that's cool. Uh, but, you know, you can relate to, you know, a lot of what I'm saying if you're listening. But, um, you know, we come from a special background. You know, we were raised a certain way. You know, we ate certain foods. You know, we went through a lot of the same problems. Our parents, our grandparents went through a lot of the same um stereotypes social uh, discrimination at school and at work financially thank god that uh, things are changing but you know when it comes to um politically I don't see a whole lot of that. And it, it it it's never been one of the things that I ever wanted to do, but now um it's like a fire, man. It it really is. It's something that um I can I can I can preach about it just because I like it now. I mean, and you know what? I really I, I guess I didn't understand how important it really was. Uh, You know, when I was 15 or when I was 25 or when I was even, you know, in my 30s, you know, now I'm in my early 40s, but, you know, I just didn't really realize how important how everything revolves around politics. And um, at face value, you know, looking at the history of America, nobody wants to ever talk about all the indiscretions that, uh, you know, this country has plagued on um, its people, especially of indigenous backgrounds and of the slavery that it brought on to other people uh, that are here uh, just as we are minorities now they call us that two voting blocks super powerful but all we have to do is we need to educate ourselves they need to educate themselves we need to educate ourselves they need to start their own uh, party we need to start our own party it's kind of like having a, uh, a company. The United States is a company, man. It's, it's, it's a corporation. So there needs to be some type of Chicano corporation, indigenous corporation, um, and an African-American or black corporation that is a, uh, legal entity that can't be touched. Even if, even if, even if they assassinate, um, let's just say for instance, um, if Malcolm X had did that or Martin Luther King had did that, started that, uh, particular entity and, um, they were both the president and the vice president, both got assassinated. Now they have somebody else that can run it. You know, because it's going to be an organization. So it gets to live on after the fact, uh, because we're not one person. You know, what, what, what was I saying earlier? Um, just amongst uh, California and Texas, you know, you're looking at like, what, 60 million people? That's not that's. I mean, I haven't done the math um, on Chicanos, but, you know, more or less, that's probably a good number. Uh, Because the uh, bulk of uh, the population that we have in those two states um, is Mexican-American. I.E., for y'all that don't know, Chicano. Mexicano. Mexicano. Chicano. Chi. Cano. There's a part of Mechica. You know, and and enjoy learning about your history and your roots. I'm not going to talk about that today um, because uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the the politics, but I also wanted to leave you with a little bit of something um, as a um, tertiary, a third part of the, um, maybe even four parts um, on this episode that I'm going to leave Um, I just feel like that, you know, burning open my eyes and um, I think that um, the establishment, the media, the health industry, the big pharma, the banking industry, Wall Street, the oil cartel, All of these uh, big money donors, super PACs, and all that have put so much money uh, into the media, these campaigns, and the lobbyists that pledge allegiance to uh, these corporations. I think I saw Andrew Yang for the first time as a CNN correspondent, now pledging his allegiance to Joe Biden on this Tuesday, the second Tuesday, uh, the, um, whatever they call big super Tuesdays or whatever. Um, Michigan just got one tonight by, uh, Biden And, um, you know, I just saw, uh, Yang the other day, you know, out on his own, uh, being his own political candidate. And as a matter of fact, I thought he was, uh, a student of Bernie Sanders. I thought that Bernie Sanders was like a mentor. So in my opinion, I feel like money does, uh, corrupt Money does corrupt people. And I'm not saying that he's corrupt. I'm just saying that... I feel like... That's what's happening to all of America. If you look at all the different countries that we have... That are selling out their people... If you look at all these indigenous people... They're not leaving... Because they want to leave their homes. Everybody wants to stay at home. They're leaving because... There's issues, there's problems, there's cartels, there's drugs, there's uh, killers, there's rapists, there's gangs, there's things that are pushing them off of their lands. The Native Americans are still going through what they have been going through over the past 500 years, and that is being moved off of their native homelands because greedy People, greedy corporations, greedy business owners, greed and profiteering wants that land or resource to capitalize profits over people. And if you can understand that, then you can research. Any country you want to, Guatemala, El Salvador, Bolivia, Honduras, Colombia, Ecuador, Venezuela. Look at the coups. Look at the politics. Look at the ousting of the leaders. Look at who's in power. Look, who, look at who was in power. Look how that came, uh, how it was justified. it's a lot of the same old, same old what's going on here, um, in the American, the United States, uh, political, uh, machine. Um, this thing, this thing, this machine is well organized. Uh, this machine is well Lubricated, this machine is they they master the surgery with precision, with surgical precision. This political machine, they know how to use the media, they know how to use their money, they know how to use the power, they know how to use the influence, I think they know how to use bioweapons like the coronavirus to stop um, the people from thinking, wars, attacks on other countries, distractions, deflections, the news, shifting gears, changing the subject, always having different things on your mind, like the coronavirus or the stupid president, when you should be thinking about how the rich are just sucking us dry. Um, What I was getting at earlier, um, now that I've bounced all over the place, um, because I I really am, um, I'm I'm, I'm pouring um, a lot of what is is, is on my feeling, a lot of what's on my gut into this right now. Um, I'm a little, like I said, I'm disappointed in what I see happening. Uh, You know, with the momentum of Bernie and um, how people, I think, don't really realize how important this uh, particular victory was, not only for uh, Chicanos, indigenous, but everybody. I think that a lot of Americans are divided in a very ugly way that they're not really seeing that this guy was really just trying to help everybody, including themselves. And there's more than enough wealth. go around the country that these things would have easily been paid for. We're 21, 22 trillion dollar economy and uh, most of the taxes come uh, from the poor and half of the country alone uh, lives on five, six, seven hundred billion (laughs) dollars. So it's kind of ridiculous when you look at the numbers and you look at all the taxes that come from uh, you know, the poor and the middle class as opposed to, you know, the big Berkshire Hathaways or the big Microsofts or the big Apples or the big Amazons or the big Facebooks and Googles. And you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's it's just it's it's, it's ridiculous how um, all these oil companies uh, don't pay. Um, and, and they're the ones that are getting all the bailouts. I mean, this is, this is just how ignorant the people are. But at the same time, I think that uh, Bernie Sanders opened up a lot of people's eyes uh, for the people that are paying attention. And um, if you don't uh, really understand or you don't think that you understand, um, I don't mean it to be offensive. I just say, look at this. One of the one, one, of the, one of the ways to know that Bernie's intentions would have worked is just look at FDR's uh, legacy. Look at FDR's legacy and look at everything that he uh, put on the table uh, for the American people. And I think what, ha- what is happening to the American people is that Americans are willing to do it for certain people. But they're just not willing to give the American Dream to everyone, and this is a this is a this is a fact that I I firmly um, ask yourself to ask that question, um, and I'm talking about the masses. I'm not just talking about five percent. I'm just not talking about a few African Americans or a few black people. I don't think that the majority of uh, Americans are willing to give um, even half or 60%, two thirds of black people or 60, you know, I think a passing grade would be 70, right? You know, you get 70% of the the answers correct. And, you know, you've at least passed. So let's, let's at least look at something like that. What would that look like if we were to give 70% Of African-Americans jobs, because, you know, 70 percent of them don't have jobs right now. 70 percent of them don't have educations. Let me take let me take the the ball out of our hands for a second and stop talking about Chicanos just for a second and just look at other people, because I do want other people to partake in this. I just know that we have to do it. We have to do it for ourselves. Just like I think that right now, black people need to do it for themselves. They just might need a plan (coughs) that helps them. And um, I want to create a plan for me. I want to create a plan for them. I want to create a plan for um, all of us to win this thing. Because we got to start looking on how we're going to win. And if if, if 70%, what would that look like? If 70% of all black folks had... Good jobs. If 70% of all black folks had educations, yes, in a few years they'd be powerful, but so would the country. They would give back to each other, they would give back to other people, they would buy things, they would start companies, they would start businesses, they would invest in themselves, they would give their kids educations, they would want everybody, including themselves, to live the American Jew. Now, a couple of white people might get their asses punked for all the shit they did because some of them are going to be mad and, you know, make them probably, you know, get in a couple of fights and whatever, whatever, whatever. But I mean, that's not going to be like every single black person is going to make every single white person, uh, you know, go through some kind of hell and back. I mean, I think that, you know, maybe that's the fear that, um, some people have maybe, I don't know. But the question is, why? 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 Why isn't America doing that? After all this time as slaves, after all these promises that were made, for reparations, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's really just building an infrastructure. It's not even really giving anybody anything because just like MLK said um, in one of his last speeches with, I think, um, a big uh, network before he got killed or assassinated was, you know, that bootstrap speech where um, he talked about how um, farmers uh, were being subsidized. uh, uh, Agricultural farmers were being subsidized by the government. They had in all, all the uh, original uh, immigrants from Europe had a uh, land base to work with as uh, far as capital or assets or financial equity into the um, investment that would continue their legacy as far as land or wealth or asset management, if you will, as finances. He said that, you know, they, that that was their bootstraps when we don't even have any bootstraps to work with. How are we supposed to pull ourselves up if we don't have any boots, bootstraps to pull ourselves up from? Um, so I'm not really trying to get like negative, I'm just asking the questions. Is like, why? When? When is America going to be able to invest in that part? And and if they can't um, invest in uh, the black community, then really evaluate: Are they really ever going to invest in any other community that's a minority that's that big? Because I mean, we're pretty much identical as far as um, uh, education and um, as far as like uh, animosities or atrocities or. Um, You know, things that were done bad to uh, the Native Americans as well as being indigenous people. I mean, you can clearly see, draw parallels that, I mean, right now, uh, the vote is being suppressed in California. The vote is being suppressed in Texas. And there is division, I think, in my opinion, amongst uh, blacks and uh, Chicanos or indigenous people. And that right there, that, that needs to stop. We need to find a way. Uh, to uh, have dialogue as far as uh, voting in blocks to give us strength. Um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to elaborate more on that in some uh, later episodes, uh, because that's not the episode that I want to uh, focus or hone in on right now. But uh, it does need to be said. And, um, you know, as a listener, I hope that uh, you can um, look at that as a principle uh, towards mending that bridge, uh, towards the two. Um, because we are going to be, our power is in our unity. Our power is in our integrity and our power is in our, um, undeniable, um, numbers. And with that being said, I think, (sighs) I just want to remind everybody that FDR's legacy, if uh, you don't know, uh, he established the 40 hour work week. He established the minimum wage. He established the age requirements for children uh, to not be able to work at 12 years old or 13. You had to be 18 years old where he established that for the first time ever um, he established um, universal health care in a sense to where it was uh, federally uh, regulated for your uh, uh, there, 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 there to be some type of health care uh, that was federalized uh, for every citizen um, he said that um, every American had the right to have a job Every American had the right to have a home. Uh, This is all in the second uh, Bill of Rights. Um, So just to make sure that, um, you know, we're clear on, um, you know, Bernie Sanders, because um, who knows what's going to happen after today? Um, You know, the. The outcome is unclear at this point, but yeah, the second bill of rights was uh, put out and um, everybody was supposed to have an adequate wage and a decent living and medical care and economic protection during sickness, accident, old age, or unemployment. That was social security. He established social security and he also said a good education. So keeping the public dumb, dumbing down the public, I think, in my opinion, that's all a part of the establishment, um, the big banks and, you know, the Wall Street and the, 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 the market, uh, you know, manipulators um, that try to um, avoid paying Americans uh, good wages um, and increasing their profits uh, by off- offshoring all these jobs that they would still be able to be profitable hell we are the ones that make them profitable by buying their products and we can stop this bitch anytime we want to we can put the brakes on the whole thing but I don't think that most people understand how this thing really works so we're compelled to just work, 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 work work like little hamsters on a wheel and we never stop and we basically kill ourselves for these companies that would not do a damn thing for us if we got sick on the job they'd let us go um, so, um, I just kind of wanted to point those things out because if Bernie doesn't make it, um, at least now, um, I kind of know that, um, the democratic establishment, you know, at this point, uh, really doesn't look like it's for me. Um, you know, even if, uh, Joe Biden, uh, you know, is to win, uh, you know, over Trump, which I doubt will happen. Uh, But even if he did, um, it's going to be back to the same old shit. You know, they're not going to do anything for us. And he really doesn't have um, any inclination to do anything. The passion that Bernie had, um, the dream, the things that he wanted to do, um, the fairness that he put on the table, uh, the second Bill of Rights and all the good things that, you know, he was going to do for the country. That was something that really came from his uh, not only his heart, but um, he had lived that. I think for a long time, he had always was consistent with his message. And um, I think that those things inspire people like me. And I'm just giving you my take on it. You don't have to uh, buy into it. As a matter of fact, uh, you could have turned off this particular episode because I'm basically uh, telling you why I endorsed uh, him as a uh, nominee. I still hope that he does well Um, after today. Uh, you know, tomorrow we'll pretty much when the dust settles, we'll know, uh, you know, going into the next, um, the next primary, uh, the next, uh, delegate count, uh, you know, what's probably inevitable, um, that either he's going to be, uh, still a contender or not, but either way, uh, yeah. Man, y'all know what time it is when it comes to these episodes, man. I just try to keep it real, and um, I've already expressed a lot of views. I'm going to be able to give you some time uh, to, uh, you know, uh, do your final analysis on all this stuff. But anyways, man, I'm going to go ahead and uh, bounce on out to the next episode. I appreciate you guys tuning in, and I still watch them. Peace.